Well, good morning. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at Soul City Church. As Kurt said, we're thrilled that you're here with us. We're continuing in the series. Last week, we kicked off our Voices series where we invite people in who've had a, a shaping voice in this church. You may or may not know our church is about 20 months old, and a lot of different folks have spoken into sort of the DNA of who we are, and so uh, we've invited them to come and share with us. Last week, we had Jeff Henderson, pastor of Gwinnett Church down in the Atlanta area, did a fantastic job speaking to sort of what our real identity is, and if you miss that, you can catch that online. This week, uh, we are thrilled to have a personal friend of mine, but a great influence on my life and a lot of us around here is Leroy Barber. And uh, Leroy is uh, the head of an organization called Mission Year, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, he's also the pastor of Community Fellowship Church, a church that uh, he started several years back and uh, has written several great books, in fact, one of which uh, we have for sale here this morning called Everyday Missions. Uh, Leroy is someone who doesn't just kind of get up and professionally talk about the stuff that we're going to talk about today. He's really living it out in the trenches and I think has uh, something for us this morning about what it means for us to be present and be good neighbors in the place that God has us. So uh, you all did, if you were here last week, a fantastic job of welcoming Jeff Henderson. Let's take it up one more notch as we welcome Leroy Barber this morning, Soul City Church. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's where you start off strong. Uh, so what I'd love, because some folks may be familiar with you, some may not, um, let's hear a little bit of your story and we're going to get into some of the bigger picture stuff. But let's start with who you are, where did, where did you grow up, what was childhood like for you, and, and sort of how did God begin to move you to the place of, of really truly seeking to be a good neighbor and be the gospel, be present with folks in your life right now. So where did it all start for you? Well, I, uh, I'm originally from, I live in Atlanta now, but I'm originally from Philadelphia. And uh, I'm a Philadelphian who grew up as a Dallas Cowboys fan. So, <laughs> hard uh, life, man. So, so life. real hard life, you know. Yeah, you, you, life. you just don't do that in Philly. Uh, so, so, I've learned to struggle. I've learned that's to. Good. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Started young. Yeah, I love my enemies, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There you go. Good. So, you grew up in Philly. Grew up in Philly. Uh, my mom, from the age of when I was probably about 10 or so, uh, became a single mom, and uh, she raised four boys uh, through, through her teenage years. And uh, my mom is this phenomenal Christian, um, and uh, she, she, but she's like, I grew up in a Baptist church, so she's like, that's church. Sure enough. Yeah, yeah that's sure enough church. Yeah, that's sure that's, enough. Like, yeah, that's you right, know, right, um, right, right. You know, praying and Wednesday nights we had to go to prayer meeting and Bible studies and you know it's kind of like oh get me out of here you right. know but right. but yeah all for good I mean yeah that's right that's right God used that yes right. yes yeah. um and so so growing up kind of so around the church and around faith and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah at a young age so uh, probably about 10 yeah. or so um and uh learned a lot um about about faith and I uh, had great mentors and folks in the church uh and then when I was I'm married, my wife was here. She didn't want to sit up front with me. She didn't want to be near me, but, you know. <laughs> Just joking, honey. Um, but uh, probably when I was about 22, 23 years old, uh, really felt um, this, sitting home one day, actually, uh, watching TV, and uh, the news came on, and, and they were doing stories about homeless folks kind of out in uh, and for some reason, that particular day, that particular moment, God, like, God 
spoke and said, I want you to do something about this. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what, what to do. Because at that point in life, you were, what were you doing as a Well, I was, or? you know, I was working. I, you know, my, my wife and I, we got married right after uh, she graduated college. And so um, working, we had our first, our daughter was two years old. So just kind of this, this life that we thought would be fairly simple. And, you know, I, I wanted a nine to five. So, I, you know, I could do what I wanted to do, buy Dallas Cowboys season tickets or sure, something. Sure, sure, from Philly, sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, but in that moment, um, there's a scripture I just want to wanna share um, that God, God dropped on me at that time, and it was from Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the, unto the meek. Uh, he hath set me uh, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And so this, that verse just dropped in my heart um, in those moments. And, uh, you know, I remember talking to my wife and saying, I, I don't know, we we got to do something, we got to make some changes. Because you've seen the homeless epidemic in Philly, you're, you're not kind of understanding, but you know you got to do something. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, within within months, you know, we're just, we're, our entire life changed. You know, we I quit my job and we start, we go out and we start serving the homeless, taking out clothes and food and uh, tracks and sharing with people and we had zero clue of what we were doing. Right, right? We are right. just like, God said do this. Let's, let's do it. And uh, uh, I guess we, we figured out we probably had to feed our kids somehow. So At some point, that's um, a good thing to do, yeah. So we had to, you know, we had to figure out how to, how to raise money and all those kind of things. And my wife literally wrote um, our 501c3 herself, like, um, and, we, and we received that. So it she was became just, official nonprof. Like, you guys, like yeah. you're a thing now. Now it's yeah. all of a sudden becoming a thing. And yeah, exactly. And, you know, for two people in their 20s and... Just want to, just wanting to serve God, just wanting this our faith and and to to make sense in the world and to us, and so that's kind of that's kind of how we started. Yeah, and so from there you did that for a while, and and uh, I mean I think it's really interesting to pay attention to that you didn't go away to do things for God, like it came out of the need that was right around you. Yeah, and absolutely. your response was okay, we got to do something. Don't exactly even know what, but let's do something. Let's exactly. get started now, and then that began to grow, and God began to bless that, yeah. and continue to bless, that, I should say, and then. Then eventually, though, you made it to Atlanta. You didn't stay in Philly forever. Yeah, we didn't stay in Philly uh, a whole lot. We, probably about five or six years after that, but then we, we felt a call to Atlanta, um, and we packed up our family, three kids at this time, and, and moved down to Atlanta uh, to get involved with some work there, um, helping start a school and with Bob Lupton's organization in uh, FCS Urban Ministries in Atlanta. And so we made that move um, about 15 years ago now. Wow. So. And the process of moving to Atlanta on top of everything y'all were already doing to, to live with and serve the under-resourced, mm-hmm. you thought in your spare time, why not, let's just start a church. That's an easy thing to do. <laughs> that doesn't, shouldn't take too much energy. And so in the yeah, middle of even yeah. all that, that, how did that, how did that, how did y'all uh, start yeah. community fellowship in the middle of all that? Yeah, so starting a church, this is interesting because uh, pastoring is not one thing that I really wanted to do, you know. Okay. It's a horrible profession. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Nothing, nothing personal. Just pastors are my favorite people. They're good people. They need love too. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. 
so we, uh, we, we started kind of doing work in our community, right? And so what community um, is this in Atlanta? This, we lived in East Lake, East uh, a community called East Lake. And we, uh, we started by, you know, I put, a little grant, put in for a little grant to buy basketball hoops and a blower and a, a lawnmower. And so we started by uh, having something for the kids to play basketball and then doing some cleanups in our block, in our neighborhood, to get connected with people. And so, um, so we started doing that. And uh, one, the, out of that, we started doing this Wednesday night um, it was Wednesday night dinners where we invited folks from all over the neighborhood just to come to our house and have dinner on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And so we started doing that, and that thing grew 30, 40 people every week, you know, 50 people kind of piled just in our house. Your house. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so uh, there were some seniors that lived next door to us, and uh, they said, uh, Hey, um, do you mind if we pray afterwards? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that that'd sounds be like cool. a good idea. Yeah, uh, but but having flashbacks to prayer meetings from my mom, so right. I was like, uh, <laughs> right. okay, <laughs> <A little> resistant. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, so we put it out carefully. We're like, okay, if you want to stay, stay. You know, I'm kind of like, I don't want to bore people to death like I was. Right. And so, but uh, but man, it turned out to be phenomenal. Most people stayed, and here we were in our house on Wednesday nights with all these people from our community wanting to pray. And it was just, uh, it was amazing to watch how that, how, how people wanted something spiritual in their lives. And all we had to do was kind of set it up and, yeah. and it worked. And so uh, those same ladies, a little while after that, um, came back and said, well, aren't you a preacher? And I was like, yeah. Uh, can, you, can you have service on Sundays? You know, and our, our church van stopped picking us up because they went to a church far away. And it was in those moments and times we started thinking, man, church, church and community, mm-hmm. church and neighborhood, um, where people live mm-hmm. is a powerful thing. And we started learning, learning about that as we started, started this little church that, that cool. was born in our, in our living room. That's cool. And at first, you know, preaching to my kids some Sundays, just them. <laughs> right, wife, right, 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 right. All right. right. Y'all think we're going right. to cancel service? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Right. We're going to take an offer. Oh, Get your yeah. allowance out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool to see. And uh, you're still pastoring that church. Yeah, so today. we have a team. I'm, uh, I'm one, of, one of yeah three or four pastors. No, we're grateful so. to have you with us at our church today. Well, I'd love for us to see, because you know, it is a huge value for us here at Soul City Church that we be the church better seven days a week than just one. So this mm-hmm. building's great, and we're grateful to God that he's given this building to us rent-free. I mean, we're in an amazing, God, is, this is a miracle space. Mm-hmm. But we go, you know, there's so much more beyond these walls, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear some, some of the stories of how, what you've learned by being a neighbor, a good neighbor. The Bible talks a lot about what it means to love mm-hmm. your neighbor, mm-hmm. and yet I think we don't, talk, we don't talk about it enough. What does that really mean to love yeah. your neighbor? And so you've been doing this now, Leroy, and in Atlanta for a long time. You already were doing that in Philly. What are some of the um, gr- you know, great moments of that, and what are some of the struggles mm-hmm. and difficulty mm-hmm. of what it means to really, truly be present in mm-hmm. your neighborhood right where God mm-hmm. has you? Mm-hmm. Well, first, we, we found, uh, you know, I t- found that um, my, my life at church growing up was great. Like, it was, it was wonderful mentors, learning, loved my church, loved the people around us, um, and a great life for me and my wife both. We grew up in the same church. But then our community, our neighborhood was struggling, you know, so badly, you know, economically, race, you know, all kinds of issues. And those two, those two worlds didn't, didn't match uh, and so, 
um, our effort to to help those match somehow for our for our own like faith like this has to make sense yeah, right, right. Uh, what I'm learning and doing in here has to it's got to relate to the world here, right yeah. it's got to work and so um, so this idea of neighboring this idea of being a good neighbor yeah. um, we didn't come up with it's in scripture right and so right, right. Um, how do we how do we live out our faith um, in the world like in the world as a neighbor uh, yeah. it became kind of a a callus for us, and, and there's two. You know, there's neighbor as the next door to you, your block, right, where you live. But then there's neighbor um, who recognizes need on the roads in your life, right? So, because because Jesus tells you know this story of the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, right, and this guy who's on it, and how how he meets the needs of somebody harmed on that road. So neighboring uh, takes two two things. One people near you, community, life around you, but then also paying attention to the roads that you, that you live on and mm-hmm. walk on, where you shop, where you, mm-hmm. where you go to the game, like all these other, other places, where you work, mm-hmm. um, who, who's injured on these roads. Mm-hmm. And so neighboring for us takes up, that, takes up those two things. Yeah. Um, but how we've, how we've lived it out, I mean, it's just, I mean, story after story of just um, in, incredible relationship, people, people asking how they how they come, how they want to know Jesus. Like, like, we didn't have to, like, beat them down with anything. It just raises up. Like, I want to know Jesus. Recent one was a young lady that, in our neighborhood, my wife's um, tutoring. She's trying to get, get through high school, um, young lady that we know, and she works at our camps and all these, and she's coming over. Um, she, you know, making a commitment to come over and meet with my wife every, every Sunday to, to learn to be tutored, right? So she comes to our house. Well, eventually, this young girl who's, uh, whose parents or family was Muslim, uh, all of a sudden is, is asking, well, tell me about this Jesus thing. Like, I want to know more about this. Like, how do you guys live, and why do you live like this, and why do you do what you do? And it's just, it just we, didn't have to, we didn't have to preach to her. We didn't have to um, give her a track. Like, right. we just lived in front of her uh, and, uh, and, and shared our life, and all of a sudden she's asking questions about life. Yeah. And it's Jesus guy because says something different here, right. and right. I want to know about him. Right. right. And so, um, just you know, uh, a funny story about somebody that did mission year, a young lady who never, she never, uh, never caught public transportation. Right. Um, let, me, let me hit pause real quick. Yes. Mission year, the organization that Leroy leads, is an organization that's been around for a little while now that sends uh, really college and post college students mm-hmm. around the country to about six different, five, six. five different metropolitan, major metropolitan cities, and they live in the community for a year. I mean, you live in very under-resourced, overlooked mm-hmm. communities. Mm-hmm. So you live in a home together, yes. and you work in the community, you volunteer in the mm-hmm. community, and mm-hmm. you just, you are a part of it. So yes. there's a story about someone who was so a There's a story about someone who did that. You know, she, she came, and uh, she never caught public transportation. She's from a small town outside of Pittsburgh. And so a couple days in, she calls on the phone. She's crying because she's scared to get on a bus, right? She's on the bus stop. Right. Uh, you know, it's like it's Chicago. I know you can't. That's just kind of sound kind of crazy, but right, right. Um, but Get there are people who bus. live. There are people who live like this. So, right. um, <clears throat> so she's crying. I can't get on the bus. A lot of it had to do with where she was getting on the bus. Because some of you, if we took you to the south side to get on the bus, you probably cry sure. too. So. <laughs> um, so, so, so it was. It was. It was part of that. And so she. Um, She's crying, and I, you know, I talk her down. Say, "Hey, stay. You know, don't. You know, God, God will do something with this." And and then we fast forward to June of that year. She's almost done. She calls up again, and she's like, "Hey, I'm not going to work today. I'm going to 
downtown to Marta were going to protest because they're trying to take the bus out of our neighborhood. Same person. Same person. Right? She couldn't even get on the bus. Right? She couldn't That's get cool. on the bus. Now she's like, they better not take this bus away. Right? That's awesome. Um, That's and the difference is she became a neighbor, right? She, she caught story. the bus with women who you, you need that bus every morning to go to work and yeah. kids. And it, she saw, like, oh, this is, this is, this is needed for people. Yeah. And this becomes an issue of, of being a neighbor and of justice. I'm going to yeah. stand up for that. Yeah. So. I think that's huge. I think there's – it's uh, it's really easy to think that you have to go and do big things mm-hmm. uh, for God to make a big difference in the world. Yeah. And there are times – and opportunities that that applies. But what you're talking about here and what the scriptures teach, Leroy, is that it's oftentimes very small things that are right in front of you. Mm-hmm. That you don't need to go around the world. Uh, you don't need to go for away for two weeks to go to another country. But that's all fine and good. Um, Bob Lepton, who's coming here next weekend, who you mentioned, you know, calls a lot of that kind of approach to doing work around the world. He calls that religious tourism, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind of go somewhere for 10 mm-hmm. days and kind of come back. Right. The reality of what God has really invited us into and created us for is to be present right where we are. And so I want to push in a little bit deeper, like for you personally. So you lead this great organization that sends mm-hmm. people, which I, if mm-hmm. you want to talk to, Bob, or to Leroy afterwards about uh, Mission Year, I think you should. Like it's an incredible experience. Um, so you lead that, you lead this church, but I mean, now let's dial in a little bit more, like you personally, <laughs> okay. what, what are some of the joys and struggles? Cause I think mm-hmm. it all sounds good and we all say, you know, yeah, I want to be a good neighbor and we all get all excited here at church mm-hmm. and then we're like, where should we go for lunch? Mm-hmm. And we just sort of forget all that. Like, what is it, <laughs> what is it personally meant for you, mm-hmm. for your family? Like you live mm-hmm. in a, you know, fairly mm-hmm. sort of overlooked, I mean, East Lake is no joke in Atlanta, but even where y'all are at right now, I mean. It's not easy to raise a family in the neighborhood that you're in. Mm-hmm. What does it really look like for you to yeah. be a good neighbor, personally? Yeah, well, one, I, I think, Nate, like, I've learned over the last 25 years and seen that nothing, um, nothing breaks down barriers as, as well as neighboring, like, mm-hmm. this relationship. So race, culture, class, like, all these things. Once you're in relationship as a neighbor, a lot of those barriers fall down so easily. Um, and so I think neighboring is this just powerful tool that uh, that we take for granted. Um, and uh, I want to encourage people to to be neighbors. But um, some of the things you got to commit to. One is you got to commit time um, to be there for uh, a significant period of time. You got to commit to going through struggles with people um, and your own. Yeah. So um, exempt like. like my house has been broken into more times than I can count, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and latest time, probably a week ago, right? You know, what does that, you know, what does that mean that we, we commit and we go through those things and that the first thing happened, we don't leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to commit to, to going through with people, what, yeah. those struggles, right? Yeah. Um, but then also celebrating these incredible moments that happen mm-hmm. um, as you as you get to know people and people get to know you, we, we like to use this thing like we want to we know people and we want to be known. We want to love and we want to be loved, right? We want to care for and we want to we be cared for. And that and this exchange, opportunity of neighboring, this exchange, yeah, this yeah. mutual exchange happens. And, uh, and that's happened over and over and over with relationships, with watching um, kids go from, uh, from you know, middle school to college and mm-hmm. how their lives transform um, in the midst of our relationship as neighbors and knowing Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those joys, I mean, those challenges are, are heavy, um, but those joys of watching people 
grow and know Jesus and live out um, who they are. Um, it's been, it's been so how long have y'all been living in the neighborhood? You like, I threw y'all in there because you're from Atlanta. Uh, how, long, <laughs> how long have y'all been living in the same, in the neighborhood that you're in right now? Um, about 12 years, 11, 12 years. Right and you've now. raised how many kids in that neighborhood? Uh, I, have, I have five kids. Right. So, yeah, so you've raised a, lot a few. Yeah. yeah, you've raised a few. And so as a parent, how do you wrestle with that one? Right? I mean, because when we moved here to the city, I mean, the neighborhood we moved into with our kids, mm-hmm. pretty overlooked, under-resourced neighborhood. And, you know, the thing we got mostly from mm-hmm. our parents was, why would you take our grandkids mm-hmm. into that neighborhood? Like, well, they're our kids first. Then they're your grandkids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, how, how has that been as a dad, and as, as mom and dad? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that reality? Obviously, there's a great teaching opportunity, but there's also really hard realities. Yeah. Man, my house is broken into again. Right. Like, how do you? Yeah, and I think the realities of... of of having our family um, do this together mm-hmm. um, has been a key for us that um, that we kind of broke down the separation of you know dad's doing this pastoring work, thing yeah. or dad's doing his work and his ministry thing and you know our life is separate but we've we've brought those things together and um, you know we we had the same my wife and I that we don't we don't really believe in uh, boundaries um, I know this is going to be controversial but but uh because everybody has boundaries, but sure. but boundaries meaning there aren't time, like we don't our dinner time um, we don't put up a boundary to say the kid that has never sat at a table for dinner mm-hmm. can't come to our house for dinner. How will he ever? How will she ever? How will they ever know what this is like? Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't create that boundary. We do ever have have priorities. So mm-hmm. so yes, there's times when I have a priority of my kids. Right. There's times when my wife and I go on date night. That's priority. Mm-hmm. But, man, if I put up boundaries and nobody ever sees me interacting with my family mm. um, and how we sit down to dinner sometime mm. or how, we, how my wife and I interact, like, like, like this, is, this isn't going to catch. Yeah, so. yeah, that's huge. I think, I think one of the things you said there and, and a second ago, Leroy, I think, I think it's important for us to hear is that, that to be a good neighbor takes a commitment to time, to understanding, to learning, to f- forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But that idea of a commitment and I think we live in a culture, and especially, you know, we live in, in a city where the next opportunity that comes up, you bounce, or the next distraction that comes up, or preoccupation, like, oh, or, or it gets so hard, next frustration that comes mm-hmm. up. It's just hard in the city. It doesn't have to even be like, my house is broken into. It could be, man, are you kidding me? Another summer where I feel like I don't have any friends in the city. I'm going to go somewhere, someplace else where I can start new. And that temptation, I think, is very real mm-hmm. as, as it gets hard or as other things yeah. to just bounce and that commitment to say, no, I'm going to stay. Right. And that maybe God actually has me here for something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And that maybe God actually has you in the neighborhood that you're in right now, even though you want to get out or even though you can go get maybe 50 bucks cheaper rent somewhere else to stay and to look around and go, God, what are the opportunities mm-hmm that you've put me in right here, right now, that I need to, to be aware of, to, to pay attention to, to grow from. Because I think that, that, that temptation to, to jump is so strong. And I think I respect the fact that you guys have stayed and you said, nope, it's hard. Yep, it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, but we're going to stay because there's something that God has for us in this uh, at just as much as anyone else. And all my kids, my older kids, I have three, three biological kids and two younger that are adopted. And all my kids have gone to college. My sons, two black men, are in college. Like, right. Like, Doing it. Right. So, you know, that idea of my kids, like, I don't want this to touch my family and kids. Right. That's, 
um, the commitment of that, has, we haven't seen that yeah. fail. That's so, um, what would you say? How has the church typically done with this idea? Because, like I said, there's there has been an and there has been one approach that says if you want to do good in the world, you get on a plane with a, a team of 20 people and you go somewhere else. And that's been great. I've had great experiences that way. That's all fine and good. But this is kind of a very different approach to say, no, you start where you are mm-hmm. with who you are and with who God has around you. How do you think the church has done in, in that uh, arena of being a good neighbor? Mm. Um, it's a loaded question. Well, but I just, <laughs> I just, I, it's open-ended. I didn't say bad or good. I just said how. Yeah, okay, thanks. All right, yeah. I'll, <laughs> leave, I'll leave the tough work to you. Yeah. No, I... Uh, I, I think the, and I love what you're doing here, um, the idea of leading people into transforming relationships at, at, with Jesus. Like, that's good, that's good work. I love what Soul City is pushing into as neighbors here. Um, and I just want to, you know, throw that out. Like, that's, this is really good work and a good place and good stuff. Um, and the idea of, of leading into transforming relationships mean we have to get near Right? We have to get close. Um, that, um, that being a follower of Jesus and, and helping somebody know Jesus, it only happens well close. Yeah. It doesn't happen well. We're trying to throw it in. Like, we're going to preach from here, right? Mm. We're going we're gonna to do this thing from afar. Like, it didn't even work for God that way, right? Mm. Um, uh, it didn't take hold when God was far. It took hold when? When Jesus came mm-hmm. near, yes. right? Uh, when he became like us and understood our temptations and our problems, right? Mm. That's when that's when it took hold. Mm. Um, so if God can't do it that way, like why would we, we think probably we can't do yeah, it that right. way, right? And so um, the church just needs to uh, learn to uh, in like turn inside out how we care for ourselves, how we care for each other. If if a family in here had a tragedy this week or a fire or lost a child or something, this church would rally around. There would be prayers, there would be there would be financial assistance, there would be people over at the house, like like that's good stuff that we just need to turn around because that happens every day around us. And we just need to turn that inside out uh, and care for the world that way and let people experience that part of Jesus, right? Instead of this judgmental part, you're going to hell, you need, like, you're, you're bad, you're that, like, like that, like people, Jesus said, that's already, we already know that stuff. Mm-hmm. What people don't know is this love, this grace, this peace that I offer, that we do so well inside our walls. Mm-hmm. So the challenge to the church is to turn that around and do that in our communities, yeah. in our neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and as you know, we've talked like that, that is one of the sort of guiding principles of this church. We're trying as best we can to live according to God's word that we be the church better seven days a week than just one day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we actually, that, that there are expressions of the gospel and God's work all throughout the city, all throughout the week, all throughout our lives, yeah. not just when we come. Yes. This is great, right? This is, we love this church. We love mm-hmm. what God's doing, but like, this is just a piece of the puzzle. Right. Right. Like the rest of it is when we actually choose yeah. to be present, to live it out as good neighbors. I thank, I thank God for the ways that he's leading us to that. I thank God for Principal Sadler, Brown Elementary School. Mm-hmm. Like our, 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 it is our privilege to be able to say, okay, how can we be a good neighbor to the school? We're in the neighborhood. Yep. How, what can this church do to help a school? And what can the school do to help our church? And yep. how can we partner together in that? And like, that's the kind of stuff that forces us out of these walls. Again, I love these walls. These are great walls, right? <laughs> but, but they're walls. And, and uh, that idea of, like, turning it inside out and yeah. going, no, all these needs are all around us all uh-huh. the time uh-huh. if we would open our eyes to yes. see them. Yeah. 
I love that. Yeah. Keep being an example of that. No, I'm, we're trying to figure I mean, it out. Awesome, I'm not man. trying to be an example. We're just trying to figure it out. We're learning from what y'all are doing. And I would love, you know, Leroy, if you could, you wrote this book, and we have it today called Everyday Mission, Everyday Missions. And I'd love for you to kind of explain the idea of why you wrote that book and what that looks like. And then uh, what would be like a practical way that we could sort of apply that concept? So give us the kind of the big 30,000-foot mm-hmm. idea of mm-hmm. this book this concept, and then how can we actually do that mm-hmm. today? So the book was written off of kind of this idea that we see in Romans 12, 1 and 2. In the message, it says, take your everyday, ordinary life, your eating and sleeping and walking around life, and place that before God as an offering, right? And, and it speaks that to us. So this book, we took that idea and started to say, well, well there is something each of us can do, a small thing we can do, to help change the world, right? As ordinary people, I would love it. Like I would, I would love it if, like, I'm known for being a great speaker, right? Great communicator, you know, and and people love to hear me talk, and that's awesome. God, isn't that a great offering mm-hmm. to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's cool, and that's well and good. But man, it's when I forget to take out the trash, uh, and Donna says, "Dude, take out the trash," yeah. right? And I'm, you know, with attitude, taking the trash out to, to the curb, and I meet my neighbor, and he's doing the same thing because he forgot, right? <laughs> and, uh, and we're both just with attitudes pulling that trash can out. And, like, what do I do in that moment, mm. right? How, do I, how, do I, how am I a good neighbor then? How do I represent this love of Christ then to talk, to represent, like, a loving husband mm. to my neighbor in that spot, mm. right? Because I could sit up and talk about being a loving husband from here. But, man, that's when she just told, I, you know. Mm-hmm. Although I'm wrong, I've still got an attitude, right? So, yeah, right. Um, practically, uh, I think the, the, way we, the way we start this process, one is our socialize is the place where I think integration um, mm-hmm. is needed, right? Mm-hmm. It's, what do you mean by that? Because that's our time, right? When I go to the football game or uh, when I'm going to the movies or when I'm going to have a barbecue, invite people over, like, like in those times, your social times, are you, like, are you with people just like you and are you choosing to do and be with people just like you or are you using those times oh. to reach across and to meet other people, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the two boys in your neighborhood that are terrors, like, take them to the game with you, right? It's going to be a hard game to be at, but... <laughs> But how do, I, how, how do I use that time um, as a person who wants to take my everyday ordinary life? Mm-hmm. I think it's our social, our social lives, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, and let's, let's mix those up a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it doesn't have to be this big, giant thing, right? right? It's, it's a small thing. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to take kids to the, to, the, to the baseball game or... Um, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to, my wife um, is on a PTA at our school. Like, that's, that's out of our everyday lives. Our kids go to that school anyway. Like, why not give some extra time um, to be uh, a person uh, of faith in the midst of hard places, right? Mm-hmm. Place our lives, lives there. So small things, little things, baseball games, movies, right? Uh, 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 cutting the grass, you know, cut the grass for your neighbor or or do your yard work the same day and time with your neighbor so that y'all can build a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So it's these little little things um, that represent getting this idea of Jesus out into the public mm-hmm. uh, and not worrying about 
whether that person is saved or we're going to get them saved or how they're going to get saved, but let God do that work, mm. right? We're just in the place, right? Mm. Okay, God, here, I'm going to offer this. Do, do whatever you do in here, <laughs> right? right? Mm. Like, like, trust the Holy Spirit to do its work, mm. and we just, we just get to those places and be available mm. for, God, for yeah. God to work out. So. And I think that question, Leroy, of when is the last time you spent your time doing something that you love with someone who's not like you? Mm. Like when was the last time you significantly, intentionally said, this thing that I'm going to do because I love to do and I want to do or whatever it is, you know, whether it's taking off the trash with attitude or whether it's going to the movies or having a barbecue, like for you to look around the circle and go, who here is not like me? And I remember a couple years back, uh, my parents came in to visit and I was having a, uh, it was like a, birth- well, it was a birthday party. It wasn't like a birthday. It was my birthday party. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And it was really great because all these people, you know, like, that's a great time. All the people you love are there and, and matter to you at your birthday party. And they kind of flew in and they were there. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting. My dad did not mean anything by this, but he said more than he even realized. And we were cleaning up afterwards. You know, I was like, Dad, it's so good that you came to be my birthday party. Thank you so much. And he's like, oh, no, no, this is great. He's like, it's just so cool to see, like, your world, all your friends. And you guys are all so much alike. It's just so cool to see. And I, he meant that as a compliment, like, good way to go, son, way to find friends just like you. And <laughs> I think it sat at me like, what have I, you know, what have I done or what am I doing that I've surrounded myself mm. with people just like me? And that's fine and good. I think that feels comfortable and safe. You just rarely grow hmm. in those arenas. You're rarely transforming yeah. in those arenas. And I think when we commit and make that commitment to say, I'm going to be present and I'm going to look for opportunities in folks that aren't like me. Yeah. And I'm going to walk across the yard, or I'm going to walk across the street, or I'm going to get off at this bus stop and actually walk the rest of the way so that I can be present, get to know, have this conversation, just start. And it's going to be awkward. Yes. Oh, yeah. you got to be okay with awkward. It's going to be weird. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you kind of push through that, and that's oftentimes mm-hmm. where some of the greatest challenge, but growth can be as, yeah. as well. Yeah. And I think it's, if, it's a, that is a huge challenge for us, because I think if, without us even realizing it, we are all the time trying to surround ourselves with things that make us feel comfortable. And God's inviting us into something much greater than that. Absolutely. That's good stuff. I mean, mean, one of my favorite Bible stories is the one where Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch, right? Like, Mm. little boy, he just has his little lunch, right? Hey, something's going down. Let me get my lunch and and go. And they get there, nobody else has a lunch but him. And Jesus asks for that lunch. And he takes that lunch, bang, and something incredible happens, Mm. right? Just the little things. God doesn't need much. Just our little tiny offering, yeah. I think. So. Man, I love it. And I, I love mostly, Roy, and I've told you this, not, that you are actually living it out. You are a great communicator. You've written great books. You've, all that stuff is great. Lead a great organization. But you and Donna, you, your family, you all are living it out uh, in Atlanta, and you've done it in Philly. And I think uh, we are not only inspired, but we are grateful for you and for your example of how you're striving to be just a good neighbor in the little small ways. And so I love if we could thank Leroy for joining us this morning. Thanks, buddy. We're going to spend a few moments. We're going to invite the band to come up so we can have some time uh, centering our hearts around God and and expressing our hearts to to God. We've heard from God this morning. I don't know if you realize or not, but we've heard from God this morning. And so now we want, to, we want him to hear from us. 
And uh, one of the things that uh, I love that Leroy has modeled so well and I think is so challenging is it's those little things. It's just those little things. It's literally opening your eyes to what might otherwise go overlooked, uh, to why might otherwise you might walk right past and say, no, wait a second, could God have me right here, right now for a reason bigger than myself? And instead of having my eyes focused on my career path, instead of having my eyes focused on this relationship, instead of having my eyes focused on the future, I want to be present right here, right now where God has me because I don't want to miss what he has in front of me. And that I could actually not only see God in those places, but be with him in those places. Jesus was sharing in Matthew 25 what this looks like for those who sort of get it and those who don't. He used a metaphor from his day, not very relevant to ours, called about sheep and goats. He's talking about the difference between sheep who get it and who follow and goats who just don't. And he was saying this to those followers there, but I think he's saying it to us as well this morning. He was explaining to them, like, this is what it means to see me, not just at church on Sunday, but to see me throughout your life, throughout your neighborhood, throughout your block. He, he described it this way. Those who sort of get it, the sheep, Jesus said this. He said, I, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. Look, it's this simple, right? It's not complicated. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. It's great to give money. It's great to give time. All those things are great. You gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. You made time. You made the commitment to stop and visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth that whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, to someone overlooked or ignored, you did it to me. And this is the incredible invitation that we have. You may be on a spiritual journey to try and understand who God is or where God sort of fits in your life or ultimately the better question is where you fit in his story. One thing you can count on, if you want to find where God is at, you go to the overlooked and the ignored. If you want to see God, If you want proof of the existence of God, you go and you walk across the street, you stay with, you have a lunch, you invite in, and you will see, you will see Jesus. So often, it's in the faces of the overlooked, the oppressed, the ignored. And that's a powerful invitation for every one of us. I think it's it's really easy to kind of leave this space and then kind of go back to our lives. What if God's inviting you into a greater life than just that? And for you to go as you are out today and hang out with folks or talking to go, how is it, what is it that God has right around me that I need to pay attention to? Who are the folks that he's put around me? Who are the people different from me that I need to learn from and pay attention to? To take advantage of those opportunities this week. To literally, I think, great challenge. Have lunch this week with someone who's not like you. Don't need to complicate it. You just find someone at work or someone in your neighborhood and say, can I grab you a cup of coffee? Really, it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable. It's going to be weird at first. That's great. Enjoy that. And press in a little bit and invite someone in and, and find in that moment a God who's been there all along with the poor, the oppressed, the overlooked, the different than you. Maybe, just maybe, you might see Jesus a little bit more clearly this week. So what I'd love to do is pray for us. We're going to pour our hearts out to God. If you would, please stand with me while we pray and ask God to continue to guide and lead us throughout this week. God, we thank you that uh, it is you, God, 
who loves this city better than we ever could, who loves it for better reasons than we ever do. It is you, God, who knows every hurt and heartache, who sees every need in this city, and it is you, God, who has us here right now. It is you, God, who has us hearing from your heart this morning and being challenged towards responding to just opening our eyes and being present with you where you are already at. God, I I pray that something would stir up in every one of us, that we would not just sort of go and try and craft and create for ourselves a comfortable life where we insulate ourselves with a hundred other things that look and feel just like us, but that we would take that step as you did, Jesus, leaving the presence of your Father in heaven and coming into our world right up in this spot to be with us so that we could know you. God, I pray that we would have the same courage to go and be with so that we could know you more. God, I pray that for myself, that I would not just talk about it here on Sunday, but that it would be true of my life throughout the course of this week. We thank you, God, for this city that you have us in. We thank you, God, for how you're at work all around it. We want to join with you and with that right now. So that's our prayer to you, our God, in your name. Amen.